This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities taking a look at wheat for Tuesday, February 28th. Well, we're wrapping up the month of February and some pretty bearish attitudes across the grain complex, in particular wheat and corn. Kansas City leading the way lower as we see a huge amount of spread unwinding between the wheat markets and between the wheat and corn markets. Kansas City had been uh, the leader on the upside over these last couple months. The spread between Kansas City and Chicago on the front months got up to $1.50 over, which is kind of stretching it uh, as far as, at least at this point, here a year ago we were trading discount to Chicago. But nevertheless, that has since uh, contracted significantly. We're trading right about uh, you know, $1.27 over, so we've uh, lost quite a bit of that. In fact, just the wheat market alone has lost about $0.90 cents in Kansas City over the last four sessions. So it's pretty remarkable to see how fast this market has fallen apart. For Kansas City, we're not quite down to the January low, but we have broken below that low in Chicago and Minneapolis, and we closed below that low yesterday. So there's still a fair amount of momentum, if you will, to the downside. The market isn't making much of an effort to bounce as you get these flushes of selling. So that does uh, bode that there's probably going to be a bit more, but aside from that, we are getting pretty oversold in the market here quickly. I would think once this market catches, you're going to see a, a pretty fast updraft. But I think really the market has given us, you know, confirmation that our long-term trend is down. Uh, I, that said, we are headed into some very important months of the year. The growing season is starting. In fact, we're well into the growing season in the far south in Texas. But we're going to be breaking dormancy here in a couple weeks across most of Kansas. Uh, there are pockets still that are very dry in the southern, especially in the western, southern, and central plains. And you need to drink there or else you're going to you're going to see a lot of um, yield reduction at a minimum, but you're probably going to see a lot of acreage abandonment too. Or if it's not very good shape, you might try to graze it off, but it's unlikely you'll take it to harvest if it's in that poor of shape. So that's something to keep in mind that, you know, that there's a, it's a fairly large pocket. You know, when you look at the whole country, the drought region is shrinking, but it's still centered right over hard red winter wheat country. The western half basically of Texas, straight up north into the, the southwest quarter of Kansas is your driest area and it just cannot get any relief. Uh, so, you know, again, you, you need to drink now or pretty darn soon in Kansas and Oklahoma or you're going to start to see some significant production uh, short or uh, reductions there. So uh, my point there is not to press the downside here. We've had a very good break. Market is oversold. We caught the, the gut slot of that February break. Um, you know, the longer term trend is down, but I don't know that you would want to press the downside at this point. Corn might have a little bit more to go to it, but there are two. I think if wheat catches and finds some buying um, support, uh, corn probably will tag along with that. Uh, Argentina has kind of been one of the bigger supporters of the corn market because of its dryness. We don't see much relief there either. There are rains coming through, but they're light and they're spotty. We just can't seem to get a system 
that's widespread that uh, dumps good soaking rains across the country. So it's kind of limping along, but it's losing the game here as we head into the final stages of the corn growing season and soybeans. You're just kind of running out of time for a big part of the country. Granted, uh, some of those acres are planted late, trying to wait for the rains. You know, and so of course you have a really spread out harvest for both corn and beans. But still, you're just not going to come in with the boomer crops out of Argentina that you are looking at in Brazil. Brazil's in the middle of cutting a record soybean crop. They've had some rain delays, and they're corn planting of course is getting further behind because of those rains but at the end of the day those rains are bringing moisture to the ground so yeah the crop might get in a little bit late but it's going to go into very good moisture conditions for the second season corn crop so when you look at corn you've got Brazil planting right behind a record soybean crop they're likely going to see a pretty big increase in corn acres here in the United States most all of corn country, any any kind of remotely major corn country is in very good moisture conditions. If anything, if this kind of pattern continues, you'll probably see corn planting delays, but it's really tough to rally a market on planting delays in, unless you get really late and it's, it's more of a flooding and mudding it in type of thing. But uh, for the most part, you're going to be planting the U.S. corn crop into very good conditions almost across the whole country. Now, taking a look at uh, crop condition ratings, we had the monthly report out for winter wheat. Texas is at 49% poor to very poor. That's down three from a month ago. Good to excellent is at 19%. That's up five from a month ago. And we're sitting at 17% headed already in Texas. Oklahoma sitting at 41% poor to very poor. Good to excellent is at 36%. In Kansas, we're at 51% poor to very poor. That's up four on the month. Good to excellent was down is at 19, which was down two. Nebraska is at 40% poor to very poor. That's unchanged. Uh, good to excellent is at 19%. That's down three. Colorado at 30% poor to very poor. That's up six. 29% good to excellent. That's down nine. Wyoming is at 22% good, to, or excuse me, poor to very poor, which is unchanged. Good to excellent is at 20%, that is up two. South Dakota at 20% poor to very poor, down four. 23% good to excellent is up one. In Illinois, we're at 1% poor to very poor, which is down five from a month ago. We're at 82% good to excellent, and that is up 13 from a, a month ago. Like, wow. We knew soft red was in pretty good shape, but this pretty much underscores that that uh, Chicago is just most likely not going to be the leader to the upside. If wheat market is going to rally, it's going to come at uh, either in Kansas City with the range just don't come by late March, or it's going to come in Minneapolis, which I don't know how, how you... You frame that bullish scenario, really. The Northern Plains have had pretty decent moisture. You know, they're not completely out of the woods, but they're in way better shape than they've been the last couple of years headed into the planting season. The winter wheat should be in pretty good shape. They've had a lot of snow. They've had a lot of cold, but the snow, for the most part, has been there to insulate the wheat. 
So I, it seems to me that the northern plains are going to be sitting in pretty good shape, at least to start the growing season. We know all too well how quickly things can turn once you get into June and July, but um, I think for the most part, at least you'll get the crops off to a good start across the north in the Midwest. Central Plains, you still have that western half of the plains in, in rough shape. I think if anything, if you have a, a reason for the wheat market to move higher, it would be likely because of that. We do have the Black Seed Rain Corridor negotiations ongoing. Russia's trying to exercise what little leverage it has left. Uh, there could be an argument made that maybe they'll leave the, the agreement because of more sanctions on their banks and it's more difficult getting things uh, sold and transported. But at the end of the day, they still need to move through the strait that is controlled by Turkey. If they don't sign the agreement, it's, you know, where are they going to go with their exports? It's pretty tough to rail everything uh, so that it just shuts them off, which is what happened when they tried to leave the agreement here about four months ago. It lasted all of two days. So, you know, they don't have a lot of uh, wiggle room here. So I don't see that being an issue. And this this news last week that Ukraine still had 30 million tons of grain sitting in their own storage facilities to export, that was a shocker to the trade. And I think a big part of what contributed to the, the meltdown in wheat and corn that, you know, we didn't think Ukraine had hardly anything left. Well, that's, that's a whole marketing year for them. So this is a dynamic that certainly was not expected by the trade. So I think it just sets the tone. I think corn's in a bear market, wheat is in a bear market. We don't really want to press it to the downside, especially for wheat, as we have some reasons that the market could could have a rally here. For corn, I think it just gets tough. Feed wheat is cheaper than corn almost everywhere you look around the world. Uh, our, our own exports probably will improve here over these next few months as Brazil runs out of old crop and their new crop isn't available till June or July. That gives us a window of opportunity, but you know, we're so far behind in exports where we were a year ago. So corn really is a struggle. Ethanol margins are barely hovering at, at positive numbers. So there's just a lot of headwinds to corn. Um, and I think that's going to continue. I think the trade is going to look at this as, as a sell the rallies type of mentality rather than buy the breaks, especially for wheat and corn. Soybeans, you can make the argument that even though we're going to start losing business to Brazil, we've got several biodiesel plants coming online and that's going to create domestic demand for our crop. And that is definitely a solid argument. But I think if corn continues to drop at some point, soybeans are going to have to make a stand here and protect their acreage base. I mean, they're losing acres to corn almost every day, except for these last few days where it doesn't look like corn's too, too worried about protecting its acreage base. But nevertheless, I, I think give wheat some room to the upside here. Let us see what kind of weather develops. You know, we're not out of the woods yet on wheat. You know, these crop condition ratings are pretty bad. And, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of stress from winter kill, you know, thankfully, but you still need some moisture in the, in the Western Plains. So I, I think that wheat is at some point is going to catch here. Uh, we'll, we'll rally. It probably won't be that big of a rally, but give it some room 
and then we'll look to sell those rallies. That's, that's kind of the position we're on here, at least for the short term. And one other thing, of course, today is first notice day as we head into the March delivery period. For wheat, we had Kansas City seeing 245 deliveries, Chicago 910, so that's a pretty big number. Uh, corn at 352 deliveries, soybeans at 411. I think with, when you say big delivery numbers right out of the gate, that pretty much shows the hand. You're not going to continue to see big numbers trickling into the market. So we'll get this behind us. Um, maybe we'll carve out our low here, but I am looking for the market to catch here fairly soon. And I think once it does, the updraft can be pretty significant. Again, Kansas City has lost 90 cents in the last, what, four or five days? Just a 50% retracement of that alone is 45 cents. So you could be looking at a pretty quick move to the upside. But we'll be looking to sell rallies. If you have any questions, feel free to call 1-800-888-9843 or 513-815-1701.